Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Anyone bring their Bibles to church this morning? Are you a Bible-bringing type of person? Hey, I love apps and I love the internet and I love things that, you know, help us do a bit better in certain areas, but there is no substitute for the physical Word of God. Can I just say it again? There is no substitute for you having your own Bible in your hand. When I travel for work, sometimes I have to travel. I have, you know, a laptop in my bag and maybe an iPad, but no matter what, every time I leave my house to go on a trip, there is my Bible in my bag. It just goes with me everywhere I go, and I think there's something powerful when we come in the doors of church, we carry this thing in with us, and we lay it over our laps when we're listening to the preaching and coming under the teaching of the Word of God. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, why don't you open to Psalm? Everybody say, Psalm. All the new Christians said, Psalm. <laughs> Psalm 23. This morning in church, Psalm 23. That got more laughs than I was expecting. Psalm 23, everyone knows Psalm 23. It's David's Psalm. Even non Christians know Psalm 23. People that, atheists probably know Psalm 23. It's famous. It's a famous Psalm. A lot of theologians believe that this Psalm was written by David at a time when he was speaking to himself. He was trying to encourage himself, he was trying to remind himself of some important things. So I thought what we could do, because it is such a centrally important psalm to us as believers, I thought it'd be really cool if we could read it out together. Who's up for that? So let's put it up on the screen. We're all going to read together. Ready? Here we go. Come on, you're not above this. You can do it as well. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Doesn't that just feel good? Just to even just confess it and speak it out. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word this morning. Lord, thank you that it has the power to change us, to shape us, to mold us, to help us be better for you. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. We give you praise this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this service, and we pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 23 is a beautiful psalm. Off the top, David declares, the Lord is my shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, but that's loaded. That's a loaded statement for us this morning. 2018, it's a loaded statement because if he's declaring that the Lord is his shepherd, that implies one thing. We are sheep. We're sheep. He's implying that I'm a sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. That means that I am a sheep. I grew up in Australia and like America, Australia is filled with 
in the interior part of Australia, lots of farming. And I knew from an early age that there was a lot of farming that went on in Australia because I grew up down the road from a school. It was a boarding school and um, it was popular. It was actually founded and the reason the school was so successful was because the big farming families in Australia would send their kids to this school. And they would just ship them off from the farm and send them off to boarding school. And they would, this sort of what happened in Australia. A lot of kids grew up going to boarding school. I managed to talk my way out of it. Praise God. My dad wanted me to go to that school, but I kicked and I screamed hard enough. But I lived down the road. I mean, what's the point? But there were lots of farming kids that went to that school. And I got to know these kids at the skate park and the park and the local pool and would talk to them. And I just understood, man, there must be a lot of farming going on in Australia. And as I was studying for this message, you know, there's two options in Australia. It's either sheep or cattle. But I realized through the study of this message that there's actually 90 million sheep in Australia. 90 million. It's the second largest population of any country in the world. A long way behind the number one country, which is, this is just fun fact for this morning, is China has 185 million sheep. People, that's a lot of sheep. That's a lot of sheep wandering around. But the thing about the Bible is the Bible describes or depicts the people of God in three different ways. I'm going to put them up on the screen. But the first way that we're depicted in Scripture is as a family. We're depicted as a family, which means pretty simply we're God's family. Scripture says He's making a home for us. We're His family the family of God. We're also called a fellowship, a fellowship, which is a body of believers coming together, brothers and sisters in Christ. This is what we're doing this morning. In a sense, we're fellowshipping together. We're coming together. So we're called a family, a fellowship. But one of the ways we're depicted in Scripture is a flock. We're called a flock. In fact, in Psalm 100, verse 1, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing, which was what we did this morning. Thank God for that. Look at it in verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is good. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We're the sheep of His pasture. If we're His sheep, that makes Him our shepherd. Who's grateful for that this morning? It's what Psalm 23 says is the Lord is our shepherd and we're His sheep. If you're looking for a title of the message this morning, it's this, Sheep Can Win. Sheep can win with the shepherd. If we stay close to the shepherd, we can win. Sheep are winners. I want to prove it to you by putting this picture of a winner up on the screen. Come on, let's put it up there. I don't know about you, but that looks like a winner to me. What about the next one? There we go. Just says winner. Sheep can win. You can put it down. The Bible describes us as victorious with a shepherd. Sheep can win, but sheep will never win without the shepherd. You know, sheep are the type of animals they literally can't do without a shepherd. If they don't have a shepherd, they die. If they get away from the flock, they die. If they get away from the, 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 the surroundings they're supposed to be in, they get away from even the sight of the shepherd, they begin to panic. They get away from the flock and they realize that they're no longer around other sheep. They begin to panic and they begin to stress out and they begin to literally die. In some, I read this is crazy, but in some um, farms and areas where sheep need to be on their own, maybe to heal from a disease or whatever, they get so stressed out when they're on their own, they put a mirror up in front of the sheep. 
And the reason they do that is because they need to get that sense, I'm still where I'm supposed to be. I'm still around the flock. I'm still with the other sheep. It's kind of crazy, but sheep cannot do without a shepherd. See, Christ followers, we can win, but no one wins without Jesus. And Jesus is our shepherd. It means that you can be victorious. It means that you can overcome. But you've got to realize that you've got a shepherd. You've got to realize that in Christ Jesus, you have a shepherd. It makes you a sheep, yes, but you have a shepherd. So for sheep to win in life, they need three things. I'd love it if you could write these down. Sheep need three things to win in life. The first is this, they need direction. Sheep need direction. They can't direct themselves. Sheep need to, know where, need to know where to go. They need to be pointed in the right direction. They need to be led where they're supposed to be. They can't just take themselves there on their own. Sheep can't do that. They're not that intelligent. <laughs> See, the shepherd takes care of the direction. See, look at verse 2 in Psalm 23. It says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. In other words, He directs me towards the green pastures. And He places me next to the still waters. I don't do it myself. I can't do it on my own. There's a news flash for us this morning. The sheep don't know how to get there. They don't know how to find their way to the green pastures. Sheep don't know how to find their way towards the still waters. We need the shepherd to direct us. We need the shepherd to show us the way. We don't know where we need to go in life. That's why we need the shepherd. How often in life do you see people trying to trust their own process, trying to trust their own path, trying to figure it out on their own? I know there were many years before I met my shepherd, Jesus, that I was trying to figure out my own path on my own but it was never meant to be that way. See, we're just not that good. We need the shepherd and the shepherd knows where to go. I love that when you think about the call of God on your life and the path and the direction that God has for you, sometimes you find yourselves in seasons you don't really understand why you're doing what you're doing. Has anyone been there before? You don't understand, but you know that the shepherd, you know that Jesus is calling you to that place. And it's a beautiful thing when we just obey his voice as sheep. We obey and we just go, I don't understand why I'm here in this season. I don't understand why I need to go to that place, but I'm going to go anyway because the shepherd is directing me to go. Sheep need direction. One of my favorite scriptures in Proverbs is Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15 and verse 24 says, The path of the righteous winds upwards. Another translation says, The path of life winds upwards for the wise. When I step off my front porch at home, there's these two beautiful oaks, and one of the oaks, the one closest to the porch, it sort of shoots up about 10 feet high, and then it does this amazing twist, and then goes, keeps going up. And every time I look at it, I think of that scripture, the path of life winds upwards for the wise. See, that's the thing about the shepherd. He knows where to direct us. He knows where we need to go. Come on, church. Is there anyone thankful this morning that we have the shepherd who knows the direction? We don't have to work it out on our own. So the first thing they need is they need direction. Sheep need direction. The second thing they need is they need protection. Sheep need protection, ultimately from the biggest fear of all, which is death. So people say, oh, my, my biggest fear is heights. No, your fear is not heights. It's not the height that scares you. It's falling to your death that scares you. That's why we need the shepherd, because the shepherd knows how to protect us. Look at what it says in verse 4. 
It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But look at this, for you are with me. Who's grateful for today that Jesus is with us in the battle? Jesus is with us whenever we need him. Jesus is always with us whether we like it or not. You are with me in this valley. You are with me in this tough time. You are with me in this challenge. Whether I like it or not, I have the shepherd to protect me. You know, it's important for us in life just to recognize that we need protection. We need to recognize sometimes that we aren't the shepherd, that we're the sheep. I love that it says his rod and his staff comfort me. See, a lot of people, they think, oh, that means that the shepherd beats the sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but when my dad was giving me a spanking as kids, I wasn't sitting there thinking, hmm, this is comfortable. This is comforting me right now. No. What was David getting at when he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me? See, the thing about the rod and the staff, it wasn't about beating the sheep. See, a good shepherd doesn't beat sheep. A good shepherd uses that staff to beat off the wolf. A good shepherd will use that staff to beat off the wolf, to beat off the predators. See, sheep are the, the, the animals that, that have the most amount of predators. I mean, they're so vulnerable. There's nothing they can do. But the shepherd, if the sheep stay close to the shepherd, they will use, he will use that rod. He will use that staff to beat off the predators. And that's why it's comfort for us. Can I get an amen in church? His rod and his staff comfort me. See, the wolf, he's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of the sheep. The wolf is afraid of the shepherd. The wolf is afraid of what the shepherd will do to him. See, when we're in Christ Jesus, we understand that he's our shepherd. We understand that he has the power to beat off the wolf, the enemy, the predator in our lives. It's powerful. We need protection. So they need direction, they need protection, but this is the other thing that sheep need, they need correction. The closer we are to the shepherd, the smaller the correction. The further we get away, the bigger the correction is. So this is not what you thought. It's not that the rod and the staff beat the sheep, that's not it. That's to keep the predators away. The idea with the shepherd is the closer we are, the easier it is for us to get corrected. How close we are matters. I'd love it if you could write this down in church this morning. You might be able to go back to that this week. It's not my job to be the shepherd. It's my job to stay close. See, it's not my job to assume the role of the leader, of the, uh, to be the shepherd, to say, I'm going to lead myself. No, it's just my job to stay close. The closer I am, the better off I will be. It's proximity to the shepherd that matters. If you can stay close to the shepherd, everything's going to be all right. If I can just stay closer to the shepherd today than I was yesterday, my life is going to get better. If I can just take one little step closer in my proximity to Jesus, I'll be better off. You know, I have two amazing little boys, and they're just like full of life. Never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined how cool it would be to have two sons, but Charlie is turning three this week. Jack is four, and they're just like, they're a little bit crazy, I'm going to tell you. They're just like in all kinds of different ways. They're just crazy. 
But I've kind of figured out that with my boys, you know, right now in this season, it's all about dad. Dad this, dad that. You know, dad, can we do this? Dad, I just want to jump all over you. It's just dad, dad, dad. And I, 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 it would be so great if it was like that forever. I don't know if it will be. I pray it will be. But, but for now, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. But I've figured out now with my sons, because they're all about dad, even if I get really organized and I make them a little snack table or a little snack plate, Snacks these days, by the way, when I was a kid, if you wanted a snack, my mom would just go to the fridge, grab yourself an apple, and you can cut it up yourself. Today, we're making them plates of goldfish and like all kinds of stuff, and it's just like, you know, these little dips, and my daughter's like getting celery sticks and carrot and, you know, just dipping in. It's like, what are we doing? Where have we got to? A snack is a snack. So I organize these little, these little uh, plates of snacks for my boys, and I take them into the playroom. We've got this amazing playroom with everything set up in there. They've got a, a TV. They've got all, more toys than they know what to do with, and I set them up, and, you know, I just do one of those things. I set it up, and I turn the favorite show on, whatever the flavor of the day is, Blaze or Bubble Guppies or whatever it happens to be, and then I set them down, get them in their seat, just check on them, and then I slowly do what most good, good dads will do is I just slowly back back out of the room, slowly back back, Everything cool, and then I run. <laughs> but what I've learned about my sons is they just want to be wherever I am. And it's only a matter of time. Sometimes with Charlie especially, within a minute, sort of turns his head, looks around. He's just like, Dad's not here anymore. Where's he gone? And then he just comes after me, be in my study, trying to work, trying to do stuff. And it's just they move the party to wherever I am. But it's a beautiful picture of proximity to the shepherd. Imagine if we could just look around sometimes and say, man, is the shepherd close? Young people in this place, you might be in, going into college this semester. You might be finding yourself doing that life. Maybe you might find yourself in a room where you look around and think, man, there's no shepherd here. I need to move myself out of this room and get closer to the shepherd. See, that's what we're called to do. It's not our job to be the shepherd. It's not our job to try to figure it out. It's just our job to stay close. How many of our problems would amazingly subside if we just got closer to the shepherd? How many of our issues in life would seem to just fade away if we positioned ourselves a little bit closer to the shepherd? So how do we stay close to the shepherd? Well, Jesus makes it clear. Go with me in uh, John chapter 10. I'm going to start in verse 9. Jesus is telling the people that he's with, he sort of clears it all up for everyone. He says this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Listen to it in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. In this passage of Scripture, he repeats himself. He says it twice, I am the good shepherd. And he keeps going. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. There it is again. He repeats it. I am the good shepherd. It's me. It's me. I know my own and my own know me. 
Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep who are not of this fold. And this is speaking directly to the people outside of Israel, the outsiders, you and me. He says, I have other sheep. Who's grateful for that? Jesus himself says, I have other sheep. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. There will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me. Because I lay down my life and I take it, and I, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down from my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. What a beautiful promise that is. What a beautiful promise and a completion of what we see in Psalm 23. That Jesus comes in and says, you know, this shepherd, it's me. He says, this shepherd that David is talking about from David's line came Jesus, and Jesus is telling his people, that shepherd is me. How beautiful is that? Jesus paints a picture of proximity in John. He says, I'm the good shepherd. You know, we shouldn't allow much distance between us and the shepherd. See, the enemy, he loves the distance between you and the shepherd. You think about the wolf, you think about the fox, you think about the predator. What do they need to be able to get at you? They need distance between you and the shepherd. Oh, come on, that's good preaching this morning. What does is, what is the fox love? He'd love to get you away from the shepherd. He'd love to get you away from that rod. He'd love to get you away from the promise of God. He'd love to get some distance between you and the shepherd so he can get at you. All we've got to do is keep our proximity to the shepherd. We should not allow too much distance between us. Sheep cannot survive without the shepherd. When we put distance between us and the shepherd, bad things begin to happen. We get isolated. We get away from the promise of God. Distance creates distortion. Distance from the house of God, the things of God, the shepherd, will create distortion in your mind. You think about a sheep, they begin to panic. They stress out. They freak out when they're away from people. And then things like this happen. Put up the picture. When we get away from the shepherd, oh, that's not good right there. See, the thing about sheep is they need to stay with the flock because things like this begin to happen. Distance creates distortion and ultimately takes us away from the promise of God ultimately takes us away from the goodness of God. So he directs, he protects, he corrects. That's what the shepherd does because that's what the sheep needs. But you know what's beautiful about all this? It takes the pressure off you. You know what's beautiful about this today, friends? Should just get us so excited this morning is that all the pressure is off us. All the pressure is off us to lead ourselves. All the pressure is off us to give ourselves grace. All the pressure is off us to try to redeem ourselves. Jesus is the shepherd and he takes all the pressure on himself because he knows exactly what he needs. So what does a shepherd do for us? We talked about what a sheep needs. They need direction, they need protection, they need correction. But what does the shepherd actually do for us? Number one, he provides for you. See, the shepherd, he provides for you. What does it say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Other translations and that meaning of that word want is lack. I shall not lack. I have no lack. I, I need of nothing when I have my shepherd. 
I don't need anything else. There should, no, there should not be a feeling or a sense of lack in my life. We should not feel like we're missing out. See, our shepherd provides for us exactly what we need, not always what we want. Not always what we want. See, he knows what the needs are for his sheep. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30, this is Jesus speaking again. He says, but if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, don't be anxious. Remember, sheep get anxious. They get stressed out. He's saying, don't be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Verse 32, for the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. It's not always about what we want. I think sometimes you might find yourself in a situation where you're like, man, I'm just not getting what I want. But the thing is, the shepherd knows what you need. The shepherd's giving you exactly what you need, not what you want, because he knows that you don't need that, that it's not good for you. The second thing he does is he makes you. See, the shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures and still waters. Green pastures is contentment. Green pastures is fulfillment. Green pastures, can I encourage you, friend, is the house of God. See, when we come into the church, what are we doing? We're coming into green pastures. The idea is we get filled up. The idea is we get the food that we need that's served up on the table here at church. We get around other people. I love that it says green pastures and still waters. Still waters for us, friends, is coming in and worshiping. Worshiping amongst other people. Worshiping inside the flock. What a beautiful picture. So even you could be going through a storm out there, but you come in here and you have peace beside the still waters. He makes me lie down. Has he ever made you lie down? This is real talk right now. Has he ever made you lie down? Made you quit? Made you stop? You feel like you just need to keep going through the gate onto the next thing? keep moving, keep going towards all the energy in the world and you just get stopped in your track and you know it's God. He makes us lie down. He tells us to stop. I love that because He is the shepherd. The next thing He does is He restores you. Verse 3, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He restores my soul. What does that mean? That literally means to take someone who's crushed, downcast in spirit, someone who's downtrodden. The Bible calls God for us the lifter of our heads. This is a really, really cool thing about sheep, right? Do you know that sheep can look backwards? Did anyone know that? Was this just, everyone knows that? But they have like 360 vision. And see, when they hear the shepherd call, all they do is just lift their head. And it doesn't matter what direction they're looking, the shepherd might be right behind them, but they can still see the shepherd. How cool is that? He leads me towards everything I need. Another thing about sheep is sheep aren't driven. Sheep are led. You know, again, in Australia, there'd be sheepdogs. Sheepdogs would be there, but that's really just a shortcut. Ultimately, the way the sheep move is they're led. They're not driven from behind. They're not bashed into doing what they should be doing. No, they're led. The shepherd, follow, the shepherd goes and they follow the shepherd. And they're led. So that's the next thing he does. So he restores you when you're downcast. 
And can I just say as well on restoration when it comes to the things of God, I love Christian counseling. I think if you need help, you need to go and get Christian counseling. I'm all for it. But ultimately, it is only God who can restore your soul. It is only God who can restore you to right standing with God. He can, he's the only one that can lift you out from that place of being downcast. So He restores us. This is the other thing that the shepherd does is He leads us. He restores my soul. Listen to it. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He leads me towards righteousness. He helps me walk in righteousness. He helps me walk in right standing. Shepherds always lead us towards good. See, a shepherd will never lead sheep off a cliff. Think about it. Why would they do that? This is an asset for them. No, he leads them towards the goodness that they need. He leads you with his voice, which is his word, which is prayer, just listening to that still, still voice. You know, I, uh, when I was studying for this message, I, I read about this really cool story, this seminary student. In his early 20s, he graduated and he wanted to do something kind of radical on his heart. And so he just thought, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Israel for a year. And I'm going to go to Israel for a year. I'm going to work for a shepherd. I'm going to actually position myself. I'm going to help a shepherd out for a year. So he went over there. And this guy went over there and he was kind of the assistant. He would help the shepherd do what the shepherd needed and, you know, gathering things for them and whatnot. But ultimately, he was there to observe. He was there to help, but he was also there to observe. And some of his findings were incredible. I just, man, I got so much out of what, what he said. But he said this, he said, this one particular shepherd that he served for a whole year had about 1,500 to 2,000 sheep. One, one shepherd, 2,000 sheep. And this one day, the shepherd got up early in the morning. He said, okay, today, we need to go over to the lake country because the sheep need water. Remember, the shepherd always knows exactly what we need. So he takes the sheep or he starts to motion towards the sheep and he does this kind of call for the sheep. I'm going to try to do it. And he goes, hee! Didn't sound anything like that. Sort of like this sheep call. And he did it one time. And immediately all the sheep lifted their heads and started to move towards the shepherd. 2,000 sheep. And he says they took about half a day to go towards the lake country and led them all down there. But the crazy thing was, as they got down there, the shepherd knew of two other shepherds that were also there on the same day. Each of them had about 2,000 sheep each. Literally thousands of sheep in this one valley coming for water and three shepherds. And the seminary student who was there was just observing. He's like, man, this is going to be complete chaos. This is chaotic. These sheep aren't marked. They don't, there's no GPS on these sheep, okay? The shepherd hasn't got an app and he's ready to hit the button and they all just know what to do. No, no, no. 6,000 sheep and it gets towards the end of the day and the shepherd says to him, he says, man, we've got to go. It's time for us to go because if we don't leave now, we're not going to make it back before dark. So again, the shepherd does his call. Should I do it again? No. He does the call and all the sheep are there. This one call. And all of his sheep lift their head, take notice, hear his voice, and begin to make their way towards the shepherd. And this is what the seminary student said. He said that that happened, and all of those 2,000 sheep left. Every single one of them was, was, was his. And then the next two shepherds did exactly the same thing, one by one. No sheep were unaccounted for. Every single one of them went with the shepherd they were supposed to go with. Every single one of them, because they knew His voice. 
They knew the proximity they needed to have. And they heard the call. I just love that Jesus is our shepherd. But see, this is the thing, church. We've got to know His voice. We've got to know what His voice is. We've got to know the tone of His voice. We've got to know the, 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 the ways that He has. And the shepherd's got a certain way about Him. And the only way that we can get close to the shepherd and understand those things is through this thing right here. God's Word. Spend some time in the Gospels. Learn about the shepherd. Know His voice. And we'll always be okay. Amen. Would you stand with me? You received that word this morning. I talked about some of the things that the shepherd does, but I left the last one for the best. Or the best for last. See, he restores, he leads. He does all those things. But friend, he loves. He loves you. It says in John 10, 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He lays his life down for you, friend. He's laid it all down for you. And now in this life, he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to lead you towards the green pastures. He wants to lead you to the still waters. And somewhere in this message, I know God's using it to speak to you in some, some way. And we do this at the end of every service. I'd love it if you could just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? What part of this message is relevant for me? What are you saying to me right now, God? Because we, this is what we believe. He speaks through His Word. He speaks in His house. He lets us know. What is the shepherd saying to you? Can I pray for you? Lord, we just thank you, Father, for this opportunity today to come before you and to be your sheep. Thank you that you love us, Lord. Thank you that you've called us, Lord. Oh, Lord, we're so grateful that you call us the sheep of your pasture, that we can know your voice, that we can know your ways, that we can understand and that we can discern what the shepherd is doing, what the shepherd is leading us towards. Lord, thank you for the green pastures and the still waters that you provide for us. Thank you, Father, that you're a good shepherd. Amen. Come on, let's sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.